Are you recording? We are recording. Okay. So then, what are you drinking? We're drinking coffee tonight. Yes, we are drinking coffee. Both and of we're us. super caffeinated. Happily caffeinated. So this should be interesting. Which I need after a very, well, actually not a long day, but after a day at work, which is a day at work. So I always need the caffeine after that. Yeah, but I was the one falling asleep. How's that work? I know, right? With that said, I wasn't the most productive employee today. <gasps> you can't admit that. I'm admitting it, but that's okay. It's my Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday. Or Monday, Tuesday, whatever day you're listening this to. And if you are just tuning in, um, this is the One Family Podcast with Robin and Kim. And I'm Robin. And I'm Kim. And our podcast, if you are new or if you need a refresher, because it's been forever since we recorded one, our podcast is about being polyamorous parents or poly parents or non-monogamous parents or whatever the fuck you want to call us parents. There's a lot of words out there, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about today, is all the words. All the words. That is the perfect title for this. All the words. Episode. All the words. All the terms. Inclusivity. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. I don't think so either, but I like it. <laughs> so, Folks, we haven't even started drinking the alcohol yet. No. Okay, so... But we will. Can I... Of course. <laughs> so, um, lately, me and Kim have been, quote unquote, coming out, talking about being poly, part about the podcast, but also just in our personal life and our professional lives and everything. And a lot of the reactions I get or I got was like, you guys are polygamists? I'm like, No. People are like, how does that work? And what does that mean? And how could you do that? And isn't that cheating? How could you let your husband do that? Oh my gosh. I'm like, well, because he lets me do it. <laughs> but it, it brought to mind that there's a lot of different meanings um, of different words. And when people say one thing, other people might not necessarily know what they're talking about or what they mean. So um, words are important and they have meaning and we should probably, you know, talk about some of those meanings and talk about some words that people might not necessarily have heard because they're weird and there's lots of them. And also I think um, polyamory has a bunch of connotations behind it and you think of like swingers or just like skeezy 70s people. I don't know. It actually had a very interesting history because they had to make up a lot of language to describe some concepts because the language didn't really have words to talk about what they were trying to say. So they had mm -hmm. to make up a whole bunch of words. Right. And um, the point of this episode is to kind of like explain and to learn about it and to understand what polyamory is. And by the way, if you're a skeezy 70s swinger, that's totally okay. We have nothing against nothing that. Nothing against. This is not my, my jam. That's all. <laughs> So um, we have a song that we're going to play. Um, I know we're introducing music to this podcast. We are totes professional right now. Um, what is the name of the song? Refresh my memory, dear. It is Can't Help But Fly. It, it's a polyamory song. The, I, I love it. The um, arrangement is a little bit 
unique and interesting and eclectic, but I still love it. And it really, I feel, um, puts polyamory, or at least how I feel polyamory is, and my vision of that, to music and to words and to thought. I love it too, and I think it's the perfect... um pn to polyamory really and i think it would make a great theme for this show so without further ado this is can't help but fly by climbing poetry magnetic attraction mutual satisfaction First sight, love at eye contact. I love it that our passion is such a high contrast to the possessiveness that limited our love ships in the past. I'm a bird who sings in the springtime. She's a girl who smiles like the sunrise. Though I love the days when she's all mine. I don't try to bottle her sunshine. Loving crushing, she sees me staring. Baby, maybe loving is sharing. Feel the wind of love on the sky I'm a bird that can't up a fly I can't fit inside monogamy's philosophies Of one and only constantly Stopping me from boundlessly expressing What is possibly the greatest force in all of me My heart cannot be property Ownership is opposite of all that love has taught to me The infinite capacity of each of us to happily Surrender to the majesty of learning love's true mastery Each one of us a tapestry Anatomy like galaxies, it's fallacy I need someone complete the other half of me Reality is many souls Reflect my whole totality, complexity, vitality, my sensual mentality. Rather than analogies of draining like a battery, the more and more I practice love, the more my love grows naturally. I know a few interpreters think jealousy is flattery. I avidly promote, we try to rise up from the agony, try out a brand new strategy, flip envy into ecstasy, amplify through alchemy. I'm a bird who sings in the springtime She's a girl who smiles like the sunrise Though I love the days when she's all mine I don't try to bottle her sunshine Got a feeling, go girl, express it Love is never love when possessing Feel the wind of love on the sky She's a bird that can't help but fly If a girl asks you to dance dance with the girl and if it feels right then you should hold hands with the girl cause I believe that God is love and love she keeps telling me to step back relax and deconstruct your jealousy cause jealousy is fear some days I'm scared of losing you but you and I are free to leave if we choose to I'm taking down the bricks of this invisible wall and when the wind of love blows now we both can feel it all cause you love to hear me sing even if you didn't write the note I love to hear you laugh even if I didn't tell the joke you know I love to cuddle with you, pull your body close And I love it when you're happy, even if I have to let you go Cause if you need your space, then baby you can let me know I love you from afar, you my star in the telescope I'm not a god, I'm not a fool, but I will be both To think that love was something I could control, right? Right. I'm a bird who sings in the springtime She's a girl who smiles like the sunrise So I love the days when she's all mine I don't try to bottle her sunshine Trusting, loving, true understanding Universe of us is expanding Feel the wind of love on the sky 
We are birds that can't help but fly I love how your empathy finds joy in my intimacy With someone else that's into me Love is limitless infinitely I love it how my loyalty dissolves your insecurity Our love it blooms concurrently You know that's my priority I'm soaring through an odyssey Deep in the realms of honesty With conscious choreography Consensual autonomy Equality responsibly I feel our trusted waters me A love like this is selflessly fulfilling Like a prophecy Cause there's no better way to love me Than through honesty and trusting it's not indiscriminate fucking it's indiscriminate loving it's rising up to realize your love's the greatest gift to me it's lifting me above the narrow space of normativity now we are one i am free and you can take the sky with me because love is phoenix flying rise up above to feel the breeze some days will be a struggle some will fly by with ease but i'd love it if you trust to take this journey with me I'm a bird who sings in the springtime She's a girl who smiles like the sunrise Yo, I love the days when she's all mine I don't try to bottle her sunshine Got a feeling you're unexpressed Love is never love when possessed Feel the wind love on the sky Look right at me, baby. Let's make eye contact. You trust in me, I trust in you. There's no doubt about that. Our hearts have grown vast. I know our love's gonna last. Cause soul to soul, we touching through this eye contact. So that was the Polly song, um, also known as Can't Help But Fly. What I really love about that song is it really describes trouble, right? Frubble. Frubble. And if you're just tuning in, or even if you're not, you might be like, what the fuck is frubble? What are you talking about? Frubble is a really fun word. Frubble is, to me, what polyamory is all about. It is not... It's British, but you could tell that. It's not being jealous of your partner. It's being happy for your partner. It's about loving someone so much that... Even if they are off being happy with somebody else, you're like, yay, because they're happy and I'm happy when they're happy and they're happy when I'm happy. And life is just all about happiness and love. And um, if you saw on the Facebook page that um, for the for the podcast earlier, right before we went on air, I posted or I shared a link of a little graphic meme thing. And it said something along the lines of love is multiplied when shared. And that's what Frubble is really about. And that, for us, at least, is what polyamory is all about. Not limiting your love and just being super, super happy when your partner is happy. And that includes if they are not with you. It's kind of like the core idea of polyamory. And I think it's what throws some people for a loop when they say, well, how does that work? You know, because it's just such an alien concept to a lot of people in the monogamy spectrum because it's just not normal for society for somebody to be like, oh, I'm I'm really happy that the person is with somebody else. You know, it seems kind of foreign. And it's though it's not the default, like there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's just that people have a little bit of cognitive dissonance when they hear it and they have to think about it and they have to kind of like expand the worldview to include, you know, something that isn't, maybe the default in our society. Right. And and I think part of the reason is because like we don't like I said earlier, we don't have words to talk about a lot of these things. So they're kind of hard concepts. They are hard concepts. And fun concepts too when you say frubble. And isn't it wubble is Frubble. 
is the opposite of trouble. Isn't that what, what? it is? I, I don't know. I think I remember looking it up and it was something like with a W, like rubble, trouble, something. I, I just know that I love saying the word trouble. <laughs> And it's, it's totally British, word. and they make up the coolest words, and I, I, I wish I, I had a British. British accent so I could say it correctly. How do you think <laughs> they say it? Frubble. Frubble? If anybody's know. British and you're listening, please get in touch and tell us the proper way to pronounce that. <laughs> so I hope you all like that song as much as we did. Um, I think it's an anthem, and uh, I, I just really love it. So... We have a lot of words we're going to talk about today, and a lot of concepts, and I think I'd start and, at the most generic. Well, I want to start by saying that we are not the end-all definition of polyamory or anything that we're saying. We are saying definitions that we believe to be true, and yada, 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 trying to be inclusive. <laughs> um, That's a good point. We don't really know what we're talking about, so... No, but we have an idea of what we're talking about and we are forever students forever learners and forever learning so what we say is what we feel is the understood like definition of what things are if it's different to you then that's fine that's your truth and this is our truth well said thank you so I guess I'll just jump right in and uh, we'll start with what is polyamory and how is it different than polygamy? Because a lot of people say, well, are you guys polygamists? And no, because that means that you have multiple husbands or multiple wives. Um, polyamory just means the state of being able to love multiple people at the same time, not necessarily be married to them in a legal sense. And it's a little bit confusing because the opposite of polyamory is assumed to be monogamy, which is to say one husband or wife, one spouse. So it's a little bit confusing. And somebody did invent a word, um, monamory, to say that you are only in love with one person. Um, and I wanted to interrupt and say that, um, going backwards to what Kim was saying with polyamory, being in love with more than one person it doesn't necessarily have to mean a sexual love there are plenty of people that are polyamorous and they have people that they are sexually involved with and physically involved with but they also have poly partners who they are not sexually or physically involved with and that is part of the definition there are many ways to love people. Right, and polyamory is not necessarily about sex. Although sex is really fun. Sex is really fun. <laughs> but that's not all it's about. Right. And that neatly segues into the next definition, which is the difference between non-monogamy and non-monogamous relationships and polyamory. And so what's the difference between them? And I would say that polyamory implies love and an emotional connection, whereas non-monogamy may not imply that. There may not be love involved in non-monogamy. It may just be fucking around. Right. And it's there's also ethical and non-ethical non-monogamy. And ethical non-monogamy is obviously like, you know, I'm going with someone. Kim is okay with it. He may or may not want to be poly or whatnot, but he's okay with me being poly. Non-ethical non-monogamy is what everyone thinks about, and that's people who cheating. are cheating. Cheating. Nasty, nasty cheating. People who are cheating. 
There are people who are, you know, having that relationship in secret, on the sly, not telling their partner because their partner is not okay with it. And I think that that kind of paints non-monogamy with a bad, you know, brush. And everybody goes, oh, oh, you're non-monogamous. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's... It's like, oh, oh, they're okay with it? Oh, you're skeezy. <laughs> right. The skeezy 70s people with the, like, pedophile mustaches and shit. <laughs> what do you have against the 70s? I don't. I actually really enjoy the 70s. And it's their color just scheme. the skeezy 70s people the you don't like. The skeezy 70s, yes. Not, not people my... named Bert. Bert? Bert. Bert. It's like a very 70s name with a mustache. Can't you see it? I guess. Yeah. Like Burt Reynolds? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, moving on. So ethical non-monogamy is um, generally regarded as an umbrella term, which includes polyamory, open relationships, swinging, solo party, relationship anarchy, polyfidelity relationships. And it's kind of like how queer or gay is the umbrella term to cover like gay, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, et cetera, et cetera. And like we said before, like sometimes we people add uh, ethical or consensual responsible or responsible uh, labels to that term. So, I mean, that's a lot of terms right there when I was talking about like, well, everyone probably understands what an open relationship or swinging is. But then I started talking about relationship, anarchy, polyfidelity, blah, 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 blah. This this is where I guess it gets confusing or technical or whatever you want to call it. So let's break it down a little bit into that. There are a bunch of different categories in this whole polyamory business. Or and terms. Terms, you know. Groups. Categorical terms. Friend um, groups. Definitions, exactly. So one thing that's a little bit confusing is that it is possible to have a closed polyamorous relationship. And what do I mean by that? That means that you have so many partners that you're just like, ah, I can't handle anymore. Oh my God, too many partners. Well, not necessarily, <laughs> but it definitely means that you have a relationship with one or more partners in which, let me restate that. It means that you have a relationship with multiple partners that is exclusive in that you are not free to see people on the side and they are not free to see people in the side. It is just a closed relationship between all of the partners in the relationship. And there are some other terms we should talk about. There is something called don't ask, don't tell, or D-A-D-T, which is a term in polyamory circles that basically means that one of the people in the relationship does not want to know a goddamn thing about what the other person is doing. Basically, you go do your thing and have fun, but I don't want to hear any details. Can I just say from personal experiences that that's not really the best thing? It, it doesn't work for some people. Uh, true. It, I'm sure it works for some people. It, but it, didn't, it didn't work for us. So, like, if it worked for you, that's awesome. And I'd actually really be interested in seeing how it does work well for people. So, if Don't Ask, Don't Tell has worked for you, please get in touch because we'd love to hear your story. Yes, for sure. And if you want to tell your story, if you're a poly family or poly couple, poly anybody, and you want to tell your story about what type of relationship dyad you have and how it works for you, we would love to share your story, especially if you've incorporated children into this, because our our podcast is about the poly blended family. 
So there's a couple more terms that we should probably define here for you all. Kitchen table, kitchen table polyamory is a new term even in poly circles. It refers to poly relationships where everyone in the polycule, and you might be going, what the hell is a polycule? But basically it's just a shorthand for a poly relationship where everyone in the polycule is comfortable sitting together at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee. Folks who prefer kitchen table polyamory want to know their metamorphs and be friends with them. They may want their kids and their metamorphs kids to spend time together or their metamorphs other partners to be comfortable calling them to plan a surprise party together. And at this point, you might be going, what is a metamor? It's pretty I was simple. actually thinking that. It's basically just your partner's partner. That's all it is. And that's when some people go, wait, what? Your partner has a partner? It's like, yeah, your partner will have a partner, and your partner's partner will have a partner, and your partner's partner will have a partner, and you all just be happy together. Hopefully, that's the goal. To be all a poly. Hopefully. It, it gets pretty complicated. You might <laughs> no, have to like bust out a pen and paper and start drawing. I did that the other day, and I had this polygeometry thing where I was like, wait. It's like thicker geometry. How many relationships are there in this polycule? And I started drawing, and I'm like, there's a fuck ton of them. And it gets really complicated because think about it. If you and your partners have relationships, then it's not just you and them because it's you and them and their partners, right? But then it gets even more complicated than that because if everybody has kids, then the kids have relationships with the metamors and with the other people's kids and... The metamom and the metadad. Damn. And the meta brother and the meta sister. Those are kind of cool words. I know, right? It's like you cooler just, than... You so just coined some words. Good job. Booyah. <laughs> so, uh, that was kitchen table polyamory. And then the uh, companion term to that is parallel polyamory, which refers to poly relationships where the relationships run in parallel but do not interact. I'm in a relationship with you and you're in a relationship with your other partner, but the two of us aren't friends and may never meet. Our two separate relationships progress without connecting to each other. Personally, for me, that feels weird because I'm the type of poly person that's like, all the love, all the people, let's just be one big, happy, freaking poly family together. So the idea of you having a partner that I may never see or hear or meet is just a little bit odd. Yeah. Yeah. And and it might not work for everybody. I can I see how it would work for some people, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially if you have uh, long distance relationships or just people that... You know, who are hard to get along with. <laughs> or or coming back, circling back to the topic of families, if you have a partner whose kids either wouldn't understand or whose, you know, like if your significant other or your ex perhaps doesn't want your kids to know about certain things like polyamorous polyamory it gets real complicated, you know, Life maybe you have to shield your kids from this even if you don't want to. Uh, life is complicated life is fucking complicated why can't everybody just drink coffee and wine and get along wouldn't that be great yeah all right so um also with all of that is relationship anarchy relationship anarchy what the hell is that Relationship anarchy is a philosophy or practice in which people are seen as free to engage in any relationships they choose. Spontaneity and freedom are desirable and necessary traits in healthy relationships. No relationship should be entered into or restricted from a sense of duty or obligation. Any relationship choice 
is or should be allowable and in which there is not necessarily a clear distinction between partner and non-partner. But I think that relationship anarchy is kind of a broad term that encompasses more than perhaps, you know, what somebody might traditionally think of as polyamory. Right. Oh, for sure. It's kind of like saying terms don't matter. Don't box me in. I don't want to be thought of as your partner. Or This is going to bring back memories. But do you remember Eugene? Oh, yeah. I remember Eugene. (laughs) Eugene was definitely a relationship anarchist. He was one of our friends way back decades ago and by the way if eugene ever listened to this shout out hey hey how's it going (laughs) um but he was definitely a relationship anarchist because he did not use labels he did not use any sort of structure he was all about the spontaneity and whatever happened happened with eugene (laughs) memories eugene was a very special snowflake he was definitely a pretty interesting guy. Can I get you some more wine? Yes, thank you, sir. And if you well, obviously just found out, we are now breaking into our bottle of wine. What what kind of wine are we drinking, dear? Today we are drinking a red. It is, uh, you know, I can't really pronounce Italian or French very well, so you have at it. Carginiano del Solcius. I have no idea. What kind is it, though? It doesn't say... It tastes kind of like a Malbec. But it's not a Malbec. It has blends of dark cherry and spice with smooth, supple tannins. I'm not a wine guy, but it's pretty good. I know you're not a wine guy, and it's good because you didn't pick it out. The guy at the co-op did. Yeah, you should totally never let me pick out wine. Yes, don't let Kim pick out wine. He picks out terrible, terrible, terrible wine. But, like, the labels are pretty. The labels are pretty, and you'll take one sip of it and taste, realize that it tastes disgusting, and then you'll just make sangria out of it. And you'll let me make the sangria, because I make really good sangria, and <laughs> it'll make the really crappy wine taste really good. Trust me on that. So, Kim was talking about having, what did you call it, the polygeometry I don't know. I just call it polygeometry. I don't know if it has I a term, but a like really drawing pictures. You had a fun name for it, didn't you? Or am I just completely crazy? I just called it polygeometry, dear. Oh, just, shit. you know, like draw a shape that represents the number of points. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. So <laughs> I guess it was. I'm bringing that up to talk about the, the, there's the common things about or the structures, geometries, shapes of a poly relationship and that you see a lot and you see like a triad and we can't really like show you any pictures so just use your imagination close your eyes and imagine like when we say triad just picture a triangle a triangle so you have three people in a triangle you have a b and c and a b and c could be males they could be females they could be non-binary unicorns they could be snowflakes we don't know and incidentally a unicorn is a person who wants to be in a relationship with a married couple. And they're called unicorns because they're notoriously rare. And hard to find. And hard to find, but when you do, you're super happy and everybody wants them. And I heard a rumor that a male unicorn, in theory, is called a dragon. But I haven't found any confirmation of that. My research didn't back that up. But I don't know. it's a cool term, so it whatever. It is a cool term. It's if like, you're a dragon, I'm a dragon. 
More power to you. <laughs> um, there are also unicorn hunters, which are couples who are looking for a unicorn. So I just want to say that I wish right now we were recording live on Facebook because I talk with my hands a lot and I think people would find that kind of hilarious. Someday when right we now. don't have a shitty internet connection, we will go live and we will have these like live streaming podcasts. But for right now, just imagine Robin gesticulating wildly because she talks wildly. with her hands and it's adorable. So okay. just use your imagination again. So going back to shapes and talking about triads. And then um, you have the most, the second most common would be the quad, which is obviously four people. It's a good Belgian beer. Usually it's two people, or two rather, excuse me, two couples that are together in a relationship. And again, these could be male, female, you know, gender doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Never matters. What I always wonder about is like when, when you get up in the numbers, how do you fit all these people in a bed and who gets the sides and who gets the Family middle? Family bed, dude. Who gets the sides and who gets the middles and like who draws the short straws, you know? It's a family bed. Like I remember seeing one in one of my poly communities and I, it reminded me of a co-sleeping bed that I saw with one of my families when I attended their birth. Um... By the way, in case people didn't know, backstory, I am a doula and a student midwife, so I did do attend births occasionally. Um, but these, there was a co-sleeping family, I think there was their fourth or fifth child, and it was like two king beds and a twin next to each other. It was a co-sleeping bed. That would be the best family bed ever. Yeah, and I hope to push together so there's no crack in the middle. Yes, it, they were pushed together, and I think probably, like, bungee-corded together. Like, remember when we had the crib side card, and we had it, like, really tightly bungee-corded? Yeah, I remember. It bed? took up, like, the whole room, but it was pretty cool. It was awesome. I love The bigger the bed, the better. You know, it kind of reminded me of in college, there was a guy whose dorm was basically just a whole bunch of mattresses on the floor, and they were all pushed together, and people just crashed. So, um, that was fun. I bet that was fun. I think a lot of us explore our ideas of, of socialness and, and relationships in college, and that's normal. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, for one, encountered this whole non-monogamy idea when I was in college, and I had multiple partners, and um, we weren't in committed relationships at the time, but it was, um, you know, maybe it was avant-garde and cool, but it was also open and kind of accepted. And then it seems like, after college in, you know, quote unquote, straight laced society, maybe some of these ideas get a little bit more rarefied and, and pushed to the periphery. And with that said, I didn't explore um, polyamory in college because I never went to college. And my um, young adulthood was a little bit different than Kim's young adulthood. So putting that out there, just because you're not in college doesn't mean you can't explore your polyamorous or even your like sexual side. I mean, I'm all for pro-positive sexual health and consenting. If you want to try something, try it. Feel comfortable. Get in, inside your body and just enjoy life and enjoy love and sex and all of that shit. And totally. And, and just, you know... Fly your freak flag or whatever flag you want to fly and don't live let, your true life. Yeah, don't let people shame you. There's or too much sex shaming going on and it, it, it sucks. 
there's too much social shaming going on and and social media these days is like a minefield and it's it's tell them to shut up so delete your facebook and get off social media and don't go delete your facebook because then you can't follow us on facebook yeah you gotta follow us on facebook we should take a break for a second and talk about a little bit of our um our social social things um you can like and follow us on facebook and twitter and you can send us email if you want to get in touch yeah robin what's the email address i don't know i'm loading it we have satellite internet and it takes fucking forever so we should hum the Jeopardy theme song right now. <laughs> or maybe we can't because maybe we'll get sued. I don't know how that works. But anyway, imagine the Jeopardy theme song in your head because satellite internet takes forever to load. It's, it's honestly, if our listeners haven't understood what satellite internet is. So in Maine. There's a really long string in between two tin cans. The tin cans, one is in on our roof and one is like all the way into space in space tin cans in space in maine we are not civilized enough you know we still be riding our our mooses to work and having our pet lobsters we don't have running water just moxie that's all we (laughs) just moxie and coffee brandy (laughs) would you believe i've never had alan's coffee brandy i'm not a true coffee brandy either i'm from away i guess (laughs) you are not from away i'm from away Anyways, so there are many, many places where you can't have cable internet, DSL, all that stuff. So we are stuck next to the ocean, I know, boohoo us, with satellite internet. And this is probably as slow as dial-up. Do you remember dial-up and the AOL, you know, the modems talking to each other? For all you kids out there, there used to be a way of getting on the internet where you actually took a phone line and you connected it to a computer and it made weird noises like... I don't... I can't even. (laughs) Totally. And And it was slower than fucking balls. It was the worst. It was just the worst. So me and Kim have dial-up internet and it's terrible and awful and really hard which is why we can't go live to you guys and stream online and we can't have interviews right now but don't worry someday we will and this is just temporary and you know sometimes the way to to overcome a hardship in life is to just have a hardship and then you have to transmute it and move on and then you can appreciate what you actually had right so one thing that has loaded up on my slowest fuck dial-up internet is our um, facebook page so it is One Family Podcast, facebook.com slash One Family Podcast, and One Family is spelled um, one, you know, one O-N-E. Family, though, is spelled F-A-M, the number one L-Y, and then podcast. Thank you, dear. So and if people want to get like in touch us, with us. comment us on Facebook, and you can always send us a message through that as well. We will answer that. And then our f- Gmail address is <laughs> one family podcast at gmail.com and that's spelled the same way o-n-e-f-a-m the number one l-y podcast at gmail.com so you can send us emails through that or through our facebook page we like emails and make sure you like us make sure you share make sure you talk about us uh sharing is caring and we would love to spread the poly love and to get more listeners and more 
More likes and more shit like that. We also love iTunes reviews, so if you want to leave us an iTunes review, that would mean the world to us. It would mean the world to us, but only good reviews, not bad reviews. Right, just shit can the bad reviews. We don't want those. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I think that the more we talk about polyamory and the more we normalize this sort of stuff, and, you know, the more we talk around the water cooler at work... (laughs) <laughs> that's me with our um work buddies and and people <clears throat> and the more we expand people's minds about this you know the more we get this topic of conversation started and people realize that there is an alternative to the traditional uh button down monogamous relationship and is... you know there's a lot of people who are in a monogamous relationship who might be considering this but they don't have words to put to it they don't and have it, a concept normal. in their mind yet that that I feel like that's the most important thing is that it is normal. Like there's nothing abnormal about wanting to love more than one person or to to have like romantic and loving feelings about people that you you know you you're not in a relationship with. And what Kim was talking about with around the water cooler is that I have come out at work and it was kind of hilarious at first because he had the the people that were mind blown and like, oh my God, you let your husband date other women? Like, well, yeah, he he lets you date other men. I'm like, well, I don't really date men, but sure he would. And it was it was kind of funny the way you know the expressions and the the gasp and the the oh the horror. But with that said, it blew over, and it's normal. I'm that weird crazy kinky person i guess at work now i don't know if they think i'm kinky do you guys think i'm a kinky i was gonna say i'm, I'm sure some of them are listening right now and uh <laughs> hi guys hey good to have you right but it's normal sex is normal and positive sexual health is normal and we need to normalize it and accept it and to honor and treasure love and to make it grow by loving more Right. And again, it's not just sex. You know, love is normal. Being able to love more than one person is normal. And the fact that, you know, as a society, we are like, oh, no, you can't do that. It puts shackles on people that would, you know, otherwise feel desiring to, you know, express themselves with people. And it's also okay to love someone that you're not in a relationship with. I mean, how many people out there want to, you know, share their love with other people but feel that they can't and haven't because they haven't come out to their partner and said, hey, I really want to do this, you know? Like, hey, it's okay. It Like, that's a tragedy right there. And the more we can avert that tragedy by talking about this sort of stuff. Well, and a lot of, a lot of, um, when I did come out to my coworkers who were talking about jealousy and things like that, and I said that, you know, I was a very jealous person and I fully admit that because that's that was who I was it's nothing to be wrong about there's nothing wrong about being a jealous person and it took me and Kim a very long time of talking through that and growing and discovering as as a couple and then I realized that and this is like part of our poly journey that my relationship with Kim is my relationship with Kim I trust Kim I have faith in our love, and I know that no matter what, that's not going to change. If he is with another person, he's with that person. It doesn't affect my relationship. It's like if he goes out drinking with friends. Like, I'm not going to be worried about that. Just like I'm not going to be worried if he goes out 
on a date with somebody else because because we've been married for 14 years and that's not going to change that and the same mood is with him he knows that if I go out on a date it's not going to change my relationship with him he is I love him just as much when I'm with him or when I'm on a date with somebody else it's not going to change it and for us that's what our poly journey is about is just the trust and the faith and moving on to that, there was um, a comment that one of my coworkers made also was, well, what if Kim went out on a date with somebody and, you know, he was with a, another girl and she's like, oh, I hate Robin. I think you need to leave Robin. What would I do? How would I feel? And I just simply said, I trust Kim and I trust him that he would not leave me because he's not going to leave me and that if that woman was that toxic that was trying to break up my relationship, he would leave her. Uh, I'm all teary-eyed right now because what you just said was really lovely and thank you. But it's true. I think if, you know, anybody tried to insert themselves in a jealous manner and, you know, drive a wedge between, you know, Robin and my relationship or any of our relationships with anybody, it would behoove us to say, why are they doing that? Is it serving the best interest of, you know, everybody involved? And if not, GTFO, you know, get mm -hmm. the hell out of Dodge. Because like, you're not acting on love. Right. You're acting on jealousy. And we're about love, not jealousy. Right. And fubble. We are fubble. all about the fubble. All about the fubble. <laughs> it's all about the fubble. We need to make a song instead of all about it's that all base. About all about that fubble. Yep. And compersion. <laughs> But fubble is a better word. Fubble is a way honestly. better word, honey. I'm sorry. It is. <sighs> because it's British. It's just a freaking awesome word. The British sorry. come up with the best words. <laughs> One other term that I wanted to talk about a little bit was NRE, or New Relationship Energy. And um, it's it's just that, you know fluttery butterfly feeling that you get in your stomach when you're in love with somebody new and it feels good and it feels happy and I think we've all felt that yeah um in the context of a poly relationship sometimes it's very intense and sometimes your partner has to help you process it uh I mean it's not their job but they can if they're feeling nice uh I I shared you know my my NRE with a friend of mine who is also poly and at the time I didn't even know the word I didn't even know the acronym and I was just you know bubbling over and I was explaining you know what happened and 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 what what we felt and how it was and 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 she said oh honey you have such good NRE you're just like me and I'm like what the hell is NRE and she said it's new relationship energy don't you know um it's 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 a cool term and and I think everybody can relate whether they're poly or not Yes, and it's a wonderful feeling, too, because I've had it with our girlfriend, and it was wonderful. It's elating, euphoric. It's the bee's knees. <laughs> it's the bee's knees. Which is a really good drink made with gin. You should try it if you haven't. It is really good. We should get some more gin. Don't you think? Yeah. I okay, think. let's do that. <laughs> do we have to start writing a to-do list when we're on air hmm a to-drink list to-drink list there you go we can have that next time
But I feel like we should have different drinks. I don't know. But that might be a little too much. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do we have to have different drinks? Is this like a poly drink sort of show? Like, can we well, not? Well, it's kind drink of boring. It's like, thing? hey, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the same thing you're drinking. Well, let's share that for our listeners. Okay. <laughs> I have my beer helmet on. Dude, she totally has a beer helmet. I got it for her. She's never used it, so let's make her I break never used it in it. on this show. I never used it because I had dreadlocks and it wouldn't fit on my head. Well, now it will because you don't have dreadlocks and <laughs> you don't have, have that excuse hair. anymore. So next time we do a show, you're wearing the beer helmet. <sighs> Fine. I promise everybody listening that I will take a picture. <laughs> Okay, I think we're starting to be in the rambling part of our podcast, so I think we should be I think be people calling. like that. I think people We've like that, too. We've had feedback. People say they like that. I've had feedback about that, too, and yes, but it's also kind of getting a little excessive. So perhaps we should bid adieu to our fine, fine listeners. Adieu, adieu, adieu. good night, au revoir, <laughs> sayonara. And please make sure to like us on Facebook. And send us an email, share us, give us good ratings, share and enjoy, love us like we love you. We love you all. And have a lovely night. Good night. Good night. Or good morning. Or afternoon. Wherever the time may be. Happy that. Wherever you go, there you are. Peace out.